Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. Welcome to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. Hey, listen, I've got a great episode for you today. This is actually something I recorded with my mentor, Max Story, a few months ago. I decided to share this episode because some of you have asked to hear about my story and more about me. So hopefully this interview fills some of the blanks for you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. Uh, Today, I'm happy to introduce you to a a friend of mine named Brian Brogen. And Brian is a pretty cool cat, man. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. He's actually the Vice President of Field Operations for Southeastern Construction down near Tampa. I'll let him tell us in a minute exactly where he's at. And uh, but he's down near the Tampa area, and he's also host of uh, he's the host of his own podcast. And you guys will want to check that out. But it's a uh, Build Your Success podcast, and I know he and I were just talking just yesterday, and he's just releasing his first book. And and Brian's also actually a, a pilot, so. I'm sure we'll get into that here in a minute, but he released a book called The The 100-Hour Pilot. So if any of you out there are curious about what it takes to be a pilot or trying to be a pilot, he's got that out there for you, and I'll let him tell us about that in a minute. So I'm thankful that that Brian chose to to get on here with us today and share some of his knowledge and wisdom. So uh, welcome to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast, Brian. Mac, it is so great to be here. I am humbled and excited to be on your podcast. You know, you uh, made that introduction, and two of those things you are solely responsible for. The the podcast, you told me the how-to on that, and, you know, within a few days I had a podcast up and running, and then you encouraged me that I, I could write a book. You know, I, I barely graduated high school. I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in writing a book, and you told me just to sit down and start writing. Uh, you poured so much into me, man. I just appreciate you and Rhea. It's great to meet you guys. Um, just thanks for all you're doing for me. Outstanding, man. It is It is a, a privilege. You know, when you saying that is one thing that I want everybody to realize right here as we get, start talking. And, and they'll hear me on some of the other, other interviews, too. But I remember the day you called me up and you had some questions. And people call me up all the time who want to do what I'm doing. They don't want to be who I am, but they want to do what I'm doing in their own way. And, and sometimes in a different way. And I'm always happy to, to help people. I always tell people that there's no competition. When you're a high-impact leader, there's no competition. I want you to go be successful. I want people who are listening to me to, to go to the Build Your Success podcast, if you know if you resonate with them and listen to you and learn from you. And and, and it's, it's just awesome, man. It's, it's what you and I both believe in and teach is it's living out of abundance, right? Without a doubt. And, and, you know, I became aware of you through LinkedIn, and I started, you know, messaging you and, and talked to you. And, you know, initially you were like, man, I'm a busy guy, and I, uh, you know, don't know. Because I asked to collaborate, and, you know, you, you made the good point that you gotta you got to promote your brand and keep that good. But but the next thing I know, you said, hey, give me a call. And, and that call was very pivotal in, in my success, and I just appreciate you, man, and, and what you're doing for leadership in general across all these blue-collar you know that that's my background, man. I, I came up as a as a worker in the construction industry, uh, getting my hands dirty, 
all the way up through now. I, I get to run the this, this field operations here in, in Mulberry, Florida is where I'm from. You mentioned that earlier near Tampa yeah. uh, in Central Florida. We, we work in industrial construction. Man, it's hot. I've got these crow's feet around my eyes. Uh, so I, I've definitely – and I, I, I've got twin boys that have decided to follow me in the industry, and I tell them all the time, you got to earn your stripes, boys. It, it's not – you know, you can't just walk into these positions. It, it's about earning respect. And, of course, your books, you know, after coming to know you, I decided to start a uh, a book study with one of your books that I had read. I've actually read two of your books now. I've got another one on my book list. But uh, hey, great. we started with the, blue, the uh, Blue Collar Leadership Leading from the Front Lines. And I've got about ten people from our team at Southeastern Construction in the book study. What I was sharing with you the other day is what I really enjoy about the book study you know, we read a chapter, as you've alluded, it takes six to seven minutes to read a chapter. We spend six to seven minutes talking about it, and then we go into another chapter. We, we take 30 minutes a week and do this. We're actually about to, next week we're finishing. So we'll have, we have chapter 29 and 30 of that book, Leading from the Front Lines. And what I really enjoy is the team recognizing each other as leaders and how they what their strengths are. So that's been great. Uh, thank you for that book, Mike. That's awesome, man. And, you know, I tell people all the time, I, and, and you know it because you've read the book and you're going through the book. I wrote that book you're talking about, Blue Collar Leadership Leading from the Front Lines. I literally wrote it for, for the person in the trenches, the frontline entry-level worker, no matter how old they are or or how long they've been doing it, but the person who's in an entry-level position with no one reporting to them. That, that was my intended audience. But what's been cool about that book is, I mean, I've had – uh, CEOs read that book, you know, CEOs of big companies and they get tremendous value out of it. And, you know, you're the vice president of field operations of a pretty good size construction company. And you're telling me, make sure I got it right. But you're using that book with, with leaders of other people, your, your leadership team, right? People who have other people reporting to them. Is that right? That's, that's correct. Yeah. So that's our managers, our area managers that are responsible for several job sites and, and different crews across the state of Florida and, throughout Georgia and Alabama and guys that just want to uh, help their team grow. And, of course, we're, we're doing as you suggest. We're encouraging them, hey, you know, we get through this book study. You guys started on your own, and let's just let yep. this thing grow and, and, and go throughout our company. And we can be transformed by it. I mean, it, it really can transform the way we do business if, if we take these things and, and put them to heart. You know, to your point about taking action, I, I'm, I'm glad that I've taken action on the things you've told me and taught me to do and coached me. And uh, I, 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 when I first started my consulting business for training and coaching, I had another guy tell me, said, Brian, the most disappointing thing that's going to happen is you're going to coach and train someone and they're not going to take action. Mm. And, and I've, I've, been, I've been doing this for a few years now, and I realize exactly what he's talking about. You know, you and I, <laughs> you, pour, you pour your heart into this. I'm trying to learn to do the same thing. And then somebody just doesn't change what they're doing. They don't make that transformation when it when it's before them, they can do it. They're capable, but they just choose that comfort zone. And and one of our team members said, uh, you know, I realized how uncomfortable I was in my comfort zone when I look back upon it. And I I wrote down that quote. That that's one of our managers. His name is Steve Miller, and just a great guy. And he he came up with that. I said, man, that's really good. I'm writing that one down. That's that's good stuff, man. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm inspired by I, – I, I, I tease about you being the Mack truck of inspiration. You just you, – you take the excuses away. I mean, you really do. You, you, hey, if you want to do it, this is how you do it. 
in your books, you do the same thing. Uh, you tell people that they're their own boss. And when they realize that, wow, it's just, you know, I, I really believe I've been successful in construction because I push myself. I, I try, I want to take the next level. I don't need my boss to tell me, hey, go do this, go find your own work. It's it's embedded in me. If, if we're going to succeed, mm. I've got to push. And, and, you know, when you create your, I, I tell my team members that, you know what, you're going to create the work you're going to create. And so if you're, you're, disappointed in this other person excelling, it's because they're out there making it happen. That's one of your slogans, make it happen or someone else will, and and that's just a fact of life. Yeah, man. (laughs) You getting me fired up, I ain't going to be able to talk in a minute. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. Well, I get you too fired up. We'll have a lesson here for about an hour like I love to do. (laughs) I know it. I might get you back on again when, when I get a chance. Tell me, how many episodes do you have on your podcast now so far? So this morning we we released released episode forty one. Wow, man! From I'm zero doing to one forty one. So. Yep, zero to forty one. That's awesome. So I want I want to go back even before I talk about the book study again. I, I still want to go back farther because you know people who listen to me are probably like people who listen to your podcast, and hopefully you know when I share mine, hopefully you'll get some new listeners, and you'll probably share the the link, and I might get some new listeners, and we'll have allow both of us to pour into additional people that's how it all works everybody everybody wins but you know a lot of my stuff and you've touched on it a lot of my stuff is for the frontline entry-level people but also a lot of my stuff for what i call my blue-collar talk for folks like you the big dogs the vps and the presidents and the owners and the ceos so so just so people know who you are a little bit better tell me I know I saw on your LinkedIn a minute ago. You've been in this construction industry 25 years. You didn't you didn't start out at the VP spot, right? No, sir. My, my first job in construction was making delivery tickets for fabricated steel. I was 17 years old. I graduated high school a little early, so I got to start at 17, and I and I gravitated towards the outside loading the trucks, and then I became a fitter fabricator, fitting steel and welding steel, and I um decided, you know what, I enjoy this so much that I want to uh, go into the business and, and, and learn. And so I, I learned to do some welding. And then within a few years, they had me running a small crew. And, and I've, in field operations, uh, our employee numbers are 3,000. My employee number is 3,001 uh, for, our, mm. for our field operations. So uh, that they gave me the responsibility early on. And and we've grown it into what it is today and, and just thankful for every opportunity we've been given. And, you know, around 2001, I was the general contractor of my own house. And in 2002, okay. I got my contractor's, general contractor's license, so I'm a qualifying agent for the company. Um, somewhere a little time after that, I got my uh, roofing license, and then I got what's called a NASCAR license, which lets me be a general contractor in up to eight states. And so now I'm licensed in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. In 2015, I got my project management professional uh, designation from PMI. Uh, and then, okay. as you alluded to here recently, in 2017, I got my pilot's license. And after that, I became a John Maxwell coach, trainer, and speaker in 18. And so my wife says, Brian, what's next? And I said, I have no idea, but it will not be sitting around. <laughs> That's awesome, man. 
that's that's that. I mean, that's very inspirational. You packed a lot, you know, a lot of years into that, a few minutes right there, telling people your story. But that, and, and what what you did is what you and I both are trying to help other people do. Realize they can do that. They can become effective in life, and they can become successful. They just got to do the work, like you were talking about earlier with the podcast and the book. You got to do the work. You, I saw a picture one time, man. You posted on LinkedIn. It just got me fired up, and it was a picture. Of you, you you remember it probably when I say it, but it was a picture of you. In your, in your work truck, probably on a job site somewhere, and you posted something. You tagged me, which is why I saw it. Something about it, you were people making excuses about they can't do a book study or when you're doing one in the truck. Tell me about that whole whatever it is I'm talking about, that picture, that well, scene. exactly. So, so, you know, even myself, it's like, man, I can't make the call today because I'm going to be here or there or wherever. And then it's like, no, I've got to set the example. I've got to lead by example. So i got to take the time, pull over, and do this. And I was actually at the port of Tampa over on, on the water there at, a, at a, uh, a fuel facility that we worked for doing piping. And I, uh, I sat there on the phone as I am with you right now doing the book study with the team and, and, and thought of that like I had an excuse, but I overcame it, you know. So sometimes we give uh, ourselves excuses. And, and I even, said, even I'm going to make that book study today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, without a doubt. But, okay. but you can make it happen if you choose to. Yeah, we 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 either gonna find a way or find an excuse, one of the two, right? That's right, man. That's it. And and so, so it sounds like you guys are doing your book studies over the phone. There's all kind of ways to do it. That's another excuse people have is we can't get everybody together, so we can't do one. But it sounds like you, you figured out a, a way to do it where you don't have to be in the same room. And that's correct. And, and what one of the team members suggested was we're, we're using one eight hundred free conference. And then they, yep. we, we record it. And so they've offered to their general foremans, foremans, and anybody that wants to listen to it, go listen to what we're saying during these book studies. Go go listen to us, read the book, and go listen. So we, we save it in a uh, shared file, and anybody that wants to listen to it can listen to it. But, yeah, definitely remotely. If, if someone's in the office, we meet in the conference room, and, we, and the others call in that are at the job site. Again, stop making excuses. Start making it happen. <laughs> I love it, man. That's that's outstanding. So, you know, Tim, on that the the interview you were talking about a minute ago that I done previously with a business owner who owns a masonry company and a precast concrete company, he he talked about. It was funny to hear him talk about these, you know, crusty old bricklayers. But I know, and I know you know, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of the blue collar workforce in general, especially the frontline folks, and even a lot of them who have come up through the ranks just like you you were on the front line you come up through the ranks a lot of those leaders you're leading through book studies probably come up through the ranks but we've got a you know, everybody talks about soft skills but we, we've got a hard shell the blue collar folks they've got a hard shell to crack to get them to get engaged with this what do you think we hope you're enjoying today's podcast this podcast is sponsored by build consulting services are you ready to reduce workplace conflict reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. I agree with you wholeheartedly, 
And, and you know, when I first started 25 years ago, as you alluded to, it's almost 26 years now, you know, they have these things. I tore him up one – they bragged about it. I tore him up one side and down the other. <laughs> they told us, we hired you from the shoulders down. Those are some mm. of the stupidest things we ever said. And I, I'm guilty <laughs> of saying it. Uh, it's, it's, if, if you really need someone from the shoulders down, you don't have – you need people to think. You need the people to be smart. In this day and age where we're, we're 100% safe and we don't want to have any incidents, any injuries, that, that person digging that ditch better be thinking. And, and as a result of some of this leadership stuff, I've gotten into the ACE Mentor Program. And I tell parents, okay. when I was in high school, I was a troubled teenager, a very uh, defiant, uh, skipped school, did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. And they threatened me with digging – you're going to dig ditches the rest of your life. I beg mm-hmm. parents. Threaten your threaten your student with uh, digging ditches because now it pays over twenty dollars an hour and we do it with heavy equipment. Uh, you you can become a skilled operator. <laughs> hey, teach you know teach and share some of that right there since you hit on that. I was going to ask you a little bit later, but it fits right now. Get get into who you guys are and what you do. And I mean, you may be looking, or some of those leaders who are on your team may be looking for some. I'm sure you're looking for high character folks, not not a bunch of folks who who can't lead themselves well, but Talk about some of that for the audience that who maybe is not in the construction industry to talk about some of the, you know, what's possible in the construction industry and what you guys do and that sort of thing and, and maybe some of the pay pay ranges in different jobs. That's what I love to tell people, Mac. Is is I was looking for a job, and I found a re- very rewarding career as a result of my career. I've, I've made all those credentials that, that that we talked about in my resume. I've become mm. involved in trade associations. Uh, I'm a director for a regional construction council, and we meet three times a year with over 100 companies, and I'm part of the board of that. And as a wow. result of that, I got involved with, with mentoring students. But, but people don't understand, you can become an executive, you can become a very skilled welder and make over $100,000 uh, so there are things in the construction industry that you can do without a diploma. I like to tell parents you earn while you learn instead of getting in the student loan debt. The construction yeah. industry, is it's very demanding, man. You do, especially here in Florida and the southeast, it's going to be in the hot sun. I mean, we, we don't build buildings uh, in, the, <laughs> in the cool environments. But the reward is, man, you can look back and see – our team built this building that's going to stand here for years to come. Uh, it, and it's just extremely rewarding career. There's, there's finance and construction. There's law and construction. There's all these different parts and pieces to construction that a lot of people don't understand. And, and the trade and the skilled person is looked, has, has been looked down upon in the past. There's a lot of people that are promoting, hey, our skilled workforce, and you're you're one of the champions of it, need to be considered craftsmen. They need to be considered the, the cream of the crop. I mean, these people out here make things happen for our our society, man. And so, don't look down on, on construction trades. Don't look down on maintenance and uh, machinists and and these people that do these labor intensive jobs, but require a lot of math, a lot of science. Um, that's just where where we need to make sure people understand these are these crusty guys aren't stupid. Uh, they, yeah. they have and a crusty shell, and 
And you know what? I used to say, don't wear your emotions on your shoulder. That's another dumb thing. That crusty guy's got emotions like every one of us do, man. He cares about people. He's got a different way of presenting it. But but in the construction industry, we care about each other, man. We're, we're part of a team. Uh, and and as you said, you don't have competitors in the in the uh, team building and in the leadership business. I don't have competitors in the construction business. I work around a lot of people I respect. Yes, we have to compete with them on bids, but we work together to to make the industry better. And and that's just uh, you could get me talking all day about the love of the construction industry. <laughs> you know the the. You know, my passion, I love the blue-collar workforce. I love the blue-collar workforce, those who lead them, those who support them, because most of the ones who lead them and support them were them at one time, and a lot of times those people haven't had development. So, you know, another return on investment for, for, for me is you leading that book study with those those guys, introducing them to, to more and more stuff, and I know you probably do other stuff with them that don't have anything to do with me. I want to make sure I get this in. We, we still got 10 or 15 minutes. I want to know how do you how you get to be a pilot and write a book about it, being a pilot, man. Tell me about that story and who that's for because who knows who's listening. Someone someone out there may maybe they want to be a pilot or maybe they're just curious what that even means. How does how do you even become a pilot? Well, the, the bigger story is fulfilling a lifelong dream. Everybody has a lifelong dream. Everybody has something they aspire to do that they're either making excuses for or making happen. And, and mm-hmm. so I, as, as a as a nine-year-old little boy, the first time I remember, it's probably earlier than that, I remember being outside and seeing an acrobatic plane flying. Uh, I ran inside in extreme excitement to my parents and said, hey, come out here and see this. And, and from then on, it was uh, going into Civil Air Patrol. I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Of course, I'm only five foot six, so that probably was out of the question anyway. But, but then I went through some struggling times in my teenage years. Uh, with my parents, and they, they got a divorce, and it just kind of, you know, broke me, and, and I was mm. mad at the world. And I went to five yeah. different high schools, so that's part of my problem with school was I just – there was no uh, – nothing solid there. Yeah. And so after graduating high school, uh, I gave up on those plans. I didn't have the grades to, to go to the Air Force, um, and, and I had to get a job. I had to go to work. So you know, that's the rest of the story. Southeastern uh, – prepared me financially to, to, to fulfill this lifelong dream of becoming a pilot. Again, it's something else you got to dig in there. Uh, if you if you pick up the book, man, there's some, some times of disappointments. I actually had to take my check ride twice, so I failed the first check ride, wound up <laughs> passing my second check ride. A lot of lessons learned. Again, it, 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 it is about it is a, a piloting book and about piloting, and it was written for aspiring pilots, for student pilots, and for pilots that uh, want to reminisce about their training, but anybody that's got a lifelong goal can pick it up and get some real gold nuggets out of how to just persevere and make something happen. What's the name of it? It's the 100-hour pilot, and you can find it on Amazon just you know, searching by 100-hour pilot or, or my name, Brian Brogen. How do you spell your name, Brian? It's uh, B-R-I-A-N Brogen, B-R-O-G-E-N. There you go. And so what's the the significance in that title of 100 hours? What's that? Does it take you 100 hours or what, what does that mean? No, sir. What did you pick a 100 hour pilot? Yeah, I picked that because that's where I, when I began the book, I was right around 100 hours of flight time. So 
pilots have to keep a logbook of how many hours they've flown. Most of them are doing it to to get to a certain amount of hours to prove they can fly for for the airlines. That's that's not my ambition. I'm just a you know a, what we call a general aviation pilot. I want to fly for myself and and potentially fly to uh, business destinations on my own. But yeah. the the logbook where I'm at is is 100 hours. It, it took me right around 60 hours to get my pilot's license. So my first 60 were training. The back 40, probably 45 to 48 now, has been just sheer pleasure, fun flying. Okay. And, yeah, I read the book, and, I, and you know, I almost didn't read it. And you probably thought I wasn't going to read it because I don't read much of anything except leadership books because I, I, that's just what I, I'm busy, and that's where I want to put my time. But you inspired me to read it just because of you were getting a return on investment, providing that return on investment to me. And and so you sent it, and I actually did read it. I enjoyed reading it. I thought it was really great. And even though it's not a leadership book, I've always thought about you know what somebody has to do. What do you you know what do you really have to do to be a pilot? You know, I, I used to probably think you had to had to have a plane first, but you don't even have to have a plane. You still ain't got a plane, do you? No, sir. I'm a renter, so I rent planes from from airports. You get checked out, and uh, it's not. I, I, initially, I thought it was like renting a car, but uh, of course, it takes a little more than renting a car. So you got to get <laughs> checked out each time you be, go to a different airport. So uh, I'm checked out at a couple airports now. I can fly a few planes that, that I rent. Okay. Uh, it, again, it, it's just one of those things, man. I've always wanted to do. And finally, got it done. And and you encouraged me. Here's how that went. You said, Brian, you need to write a leadership book. I said, man. I want to write a leadership book, but the first thing in my mind is this 100-hour pilot book. And, and yeah. so I wrote the book, and, and, I, and I sent it to my, my mentor here, Max Story, and he says, ah, it's not a leadership book. I'm not going to read it. I went, oh, man. <laughs> and about three hours later, this, he says, I can't put this book down. <laughs> so I was yeah. greatly appreciative that, that, that you uh, did take the time to read it because, again, there wouldn't be a book without a Max Story. So man, thanks for pouring into me and helping me. Uh, and now there will be a leadership book. That's 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 step two now. I got to write the leadership book. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And and it was interesting. I mean, I learned from John Michael when I first went to one of John Michael's events. I got certified to teach John stuff, you know, like you did, and and I did that in 2012. But in August of 2012, but in June of 2012, that's where I actually found out about you know the John Maxwell training and stuff. I wasn't planning to go. I didn't know nothing about that. He did a thing called a day about books where he taught all an eight-hour session on how to actually write books, how he writes books. That's that's how I, I got introduced to John. You know, in person in in a, in a in a room with John, and I remember I never forget it from that day. He says the way you tell a good book or the way you write a good book is the person reading it's got to want to turn the page. You know, when when they get finished one page, you got to want to turn the page. You ain't never going to get to the next one. And and I was interested in your book, and it made me want to turn the page. So I think you did you did well on that. And that's what I try to do with my books. I try to write them in a way that it makes the person want to turn the page. And I'm going to tell you one thing about my little books in 30 chapters, three page per chapter books. One thing that makes people want to turn the page is they know they ain't got but two more to go at the most. So that yeah, know, gets people th- through it. but. That's Before right. we wrap up, I, I, I don't know, hope, hopefully, I, I bet you, because you are a pilot and you wrote that book and you're a leadership uh, student like me, I'm sure you'll be a lifetime leadership student just like me. But tell me two or three lessons, you know, that relate to flying and leadership that, that go together because 
I, you probably could take that little book and turn it into a leadership book. You just have to elaborate on the leadership components to, to the story. Oh, you, know, you can, you can well, spin off of that. Tell me some things. Uh, the, the lessons, man, there's so many parallels, but, I, but I'll start with a flight plan. So if, if I'm going to fly a cross-country flight, I've got to set up where I'm flying. I've got to know how many miles that is, and I've got to calculate my fuel usage and then consider the wind, crosswind, tailwind, headwind, all those things. And, and this is the part I love. I have to mm. have checkpoints. And mm. with the checkpoints, it's something I can see from the air and recognize to know that I'm on course. Yeah. And, man, and I've already used this in leadership training, Mac. The checkpoints are key. It's, I'm not just going to say I'm flying from here. Let's say I'm going to Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia to see my buddy Mac. There, if I made that flight today, I, don't, I know the terrain in Florida – and I know some of the power plants that I use for, because I work in them, that I use for yep. checkpoints. When, when I head to Atlanta, Georgia, I don't know that, that territory as well. So I have to pick out some checkpoints and know I'm on course. The wind of life blows us off course, and we don't even know it because we don't have mm. a checkpoint. Yeah. And we need to make sure when we set these big, lofty goals that there's milestones and there's checkpoints to, to making it happen. So you can check in. You know, if you're, if you're working on something that takes a year to do, you're checking in on it once a month to see where you're at and, and how you're doing. Yeah, that's good stuff. And what you're talking about there is principles. The, the principles to be an effective pilot are the same principles to be an effective leader of yourself or others, right? That's right. It, it looks different, but the principle is exactly the same. It's just you just wrap it in something different and that's pretty key. So I got a few more minutes. Do you have one more, one more pilot-related, flying-related principle that also applies in in the in the personal life or professional life? Being responsible for others. So if you read that chapter about passengers, and I and I, you know, I talk yeah. about if if you have to call in an a emergency to the FAA to, to the control tower, they're going to ask you how many souls aboard, and mm. that is got to. I haven't had that question yet. But that has got to be a very sobering question. How many souls You don't want that question. <laughs> no, sir. You don't want it, but you want to be ready for it, but you don't want it. But I want to be ready for it. And if we think about life, how many people can we impact? How many people can we help in life? It, it's just dumbfounding. You helped me start a podcast. You helped me author a book. There's a new podcast out, Real Transcendence Podcast. A friend of mine that I've known for several years said, man, how do you do this? I told him, similar to the way me and you did it. I said, this is yep. how you do it. In a few weeks, he, he's got a podcast. I'm grateful for that. I love it. I've been listening to his podcast. So it just how many people can we help in life it is amazing if we get started now. Wow, that's that's awesome. And that's actually a great a great note to end on, that wisdom by you, Brian, so so thank you for, for being here. How do people reach out to you? How do they connect with you, follow you, any of that stuff you want to share right quick? Hey, I'm on LinkedIn, and we, we, we spelt my name earlier, Brian Brogen. And if you want to email me, you can email me at brianb at buildcs.net. That's also my website, www.buildcs.net. 
Again, the, the uh, book is on Amazon. If you're interested in aviation, please pick up that book, or if you want to learn how to achieve a lifelong goal. And, uh, hey, I'm going to do what Max Story taught me. My phone number is 863-800-9658. Pick up the phone and call me. I love it, man. Some people say, why don't you share your phone number? It's because I want somebody to call me. That's why. That's it, man. <laughs> want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.